Welcome to the Foxy Property Chat podcast. Today is the 28th of June, 2022. Uh, my name is Cody, I am your host. And next to me, I have the co-business owners of Foxy Home Staging. Phoebe, how are you this morning? Great. Great. Jake? Yes. Excellent. And the future of Foxy Home Staging, Phoebe, is also here. <laughs> She's also good. So far, been very quiet. So today, um, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, guys. Um, we're going to be aiming to do this uh, type of podcast weekly on a weekly basis. Correct. Um, we're ambitious starting in school holidays, but uh, so far, so good. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Uh, so today's podcast and the outline, we're going to have a main topic discussion for about five to ten minutes. We're then going to have a bit of Q&A from our, uh, mostly from our Instagram, I believe we got all of those questions, and then we'll finish with a bit of a fun round and under and overrated segment. So let's start things off with our main topic, which is um, we're in cu- customer service and the importance of trusting the people you recommend. Now, I'm just going to hand the floor over to you guys. Where do you want to uh, kickstart this one? Probably a bit of context, right? So the reason that this has come up in our um, kind of business at the moment is that we've recently um, had an experience where somebody that we recommended to a client of ours, so they, the, the client was after something that we generally don't provide as, as a the home staging company, um, we recommended another company who we'd done work with and, and generally we recommend them and they uh, let us down a little bit um, or let the client down but you know, at the end of the day the way that we think about it is that any recommendation we give, anybody who is doing work on our recommendation, they are a reflection of us. And so that poor experience on the client's part uh, reflects poorly on us as well. So um, it's just kind of got us to thinking about the fact that you know, a large portion of our business comes as a um, referral or a recommendation from real estate agents, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, when you're recommending somebody else, how, that, how they perform, um, it does reflect on you. And so whenever we, we already believe this, I think, but we probably, this has made us think about it a bit more that when an agent is recommending us to their vendors, we really have to treat that with a lot of you know, importance, I guess. We can't just take that flippantly. Like, not that I don't think anybody necessarily would, but it's, it is quite an important thing um, or a big deal for the agent to have our name as the one that they put forward. Yeah, so to extend on that, when I'm talking to an agent about us, and talking about how we can help them and what provide, service we can provide. It's all about being an extension of their brand. So we reflect the same values as they reflect. And I think that's what they really get out of our social media because they can see what values are important to us. So for me, it's communication. It's having the empathy for the, the, the clients. It's um, if I say I'm going to do something, we're going to do it and we're going to be there when we say we're going to be there, just like a real estate agent would. Um, anything else that the real estate agents might do differently, we'll back them up on that. If and that we only, that's why we only partner with agents who do business the same way that we do. So we're not going to let them down in that respect. And it's really um, disappointing when uh, other suppliers don't understand that um, in the same respect that we do because that... Going forward, that relationship could hold so much steed. Um, and you don't even, maybe not necessarily with us, but that, that vendor is now, I don't even know, I don't know the numbers, I should know the numbers, but a happy, a, happy, a happy client will tell how many people about your service, but an unhappy client tells 10x of those a people. Lot more, yep. So the impact of having an unhappy client, that's why it's so important to have positive touch points at every point. Mm. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. Mm. Crazy. Now, yeah. you mentioned. Um, that we do our best to get everything right, but when we don't get things right or we make a mistake, it's also how we react to accountability. Mistakes, right? Yeah, like be onto it. Like 
proactiveness and accountability and just say sorry. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, we've, this is kind of a separate but similar to what you're talking about, you know, we're not perfect. We have, you know, our removal of moving... put a hole in the wall? Yeah, we've, we, our removal of some moving furniture through houses, you know, multiple times in a day and there are mistakes that are I've made. I've done a big one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on the other <laughs> end of that, so... Yeah, you led me into the wall. <laughs> Cody put a nice this big is a hole long, this is a long in a wall ago. with a glass and... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coffee table top. That, that was a long time ago. That was like ago, the first couple of weeks. Too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're still here. Yeah, that was not an easy <laughs> fix either. We, uh, we did have to get a handyman in for that one. Um, but it's, we, we've had a discussion about this in the team recently that these things happen. Like We don't like them to happen and, and we're not happy when they happen, but the worst thing that can happen is that the, somebody else, the client or the agent, finds out about it and brings it to our attention. So any time that something like that, that happens, we just have to be proactive. We've got to be on the front foot with it Bring yep. it up to them, um, you know, tell them how we're going to fix it, what, you know, what we're going to do to make it better. And the reality is we've actually found, again, you don't go looking to make mistakes. And that's the last thing you want. Mm. But when we make mistakes and something goes wrong, often if you treat or you deal with that, um, you know, in a let's say, proactive way, a positive way, often the way that the client feels about you afterwards is actually better than it would have been if you'd just not made the mistake. Yep. So it's actually an opportunity. Yeah, yep. absolutely. All right, enough said on that for now. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, I've got a, I was going to do a TikTok video on this, but you know what? I'm going to throw it in here. Uh, this is called the Brisbane's hottest five suburbs under, we'll say $750,000. Now this is from Finders Property Investment Index in Brisbane. Okay. Um, they rank every suburb on a criteria based on market demand, demographics, and price growth. Um, any guesses? Under 750. Well, under 750. Any guesses? As the numbers go on the team, my first yeah. question is the hottest. What does that mean? Well, in ter- on their, yeah, on their index. Need, you want me to guess? I need yeah. to know this. Well, that, okay, I just okay. explained it to you. It's based on their, <laughs> Listen. It's based on their investment index, finder's property. Okay. Um, right. so I'll just, let it go. Yeah, just go with it. Any, any rough guesses on some suburbs? No, I've got no idea. Well, it has to be further out. There you go. That's a good yeah. place to start. Uh, it's probably going to be north side, but we don't know any suburbs. All right, let's but, just get okay. into it. Okay, yeah. let's say roughly. Okay, so number five is Warner, which is on the oh, north side. Oh, that's where we are today. There We're in Sully and Warner. Um, so they scored, Jake, the numbers guy, 85 out of 85 on the, index, on the hot, hotness index. Um, oh, with the median house price of 680000 And that's, that is a good 45 minutes from the city. So yeah. it is ring. Well, here's, here's another one. Jibung, uh, which is uh, oh, a yeah. little bit closer, a little bit on this side of, of Warner, is it? Yes. Uh, the median price there is seven hundred and forty thousand. Mm. Number three. What's the hotness index on that one? Oh. <laughs> 80, uh, actually, also eighty-five. <laughs> so equal. Number three, scoring an eighty-six hotness factor. <laughs> Yamanto, which is out, out near Ipswich. Yeah, that's. A, so we're including that, Ipswich. Oh, that's not. Yes, I say that's four hundred and fifty-five thousand mm. average. So a lower price point there. Number two, also eighty-six out of one hundred. Tingalpa which is Ooh, over really? between sort of heading yeah, out Winnemway, Manly Way. That's where Gabby lives. There you go. Fun fact. Um, our, our consult stylist for those listening at home. Yes. yes. Yep. Um, with a uh, median house price of seven, 700000 And number one, Fitzgibbon, huh. which is... Um, also 45 minutes north of here. Yeah, north. We installed um, there. Yes. So in that sort of area. Oh, we installed yeah. there too. North side, told you. So number one, mm. and that's an 89 out of 100 on the, on the hotness factor, Jason. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so there's a little bit of fun for you. I'm going to have to research Things you can this Google. hotness index. <laughs> I'll send you a link. All right, so the Q, we're up to the Q&A section. The first one, now this could obviously be a bit of a, 
um, a longer uh, episode in itself on a, on a video, but Naomi S. Ritchie has asked, how do tie-in cushions, throws, and art all together using colours? So Phoebe mm. has That's probably... definitely a Phoebe question. Is there a brief way you can uh, answer this? Uh, Our colour tones. So basically the girls will go for three different colour tones on a bed. We don't go for anything more than that. Definitely tie in your artwork to have the same colour tones. Um, and yeah, don't go for things that clash too much. So um, bold bold colours should never be paired together. They do, it's just too crazy. Too much to look at and we'll never what, photograph What's a bold well. colour? Red. So red Actually, I would and... never put red on a bed, but blue and yellow. Don't blue put and blue yellow. and yellow like together. Especially don't do blue and yellow in another <laughs> in another okay. color. Like that's too much, particularly in a photograph of realestate.com. If you love blue and yellow, go for it though. What's, if it's what's for your that, home um, to live in, you can make it work. What's that saying about was it blue and green? Blue and blue green. Well, I'm against that. Blue and green should never be seen. But well, we that's not that. true. We do that. I disagree. I disagree with that. We do do that. And we've been sent back to jobs to change it because of that quote. Mm. Interestingly enough. There you go. Mm. Um, Haven Five Home Staging and Perth Stage to Sell, they both ask the same question. Where do you get your foldable bed frames from? Can't find any. Um, oh. They particularly after the double yeah. size anyway. They did sell out. Okay. We've got a couple of suppliers, both through Amazon, right? Yeah, but, both. Yeah. So we've got Artis um, is one supplier, and I can't remember the other one off the top Starts of my head. Starts with Zinus. Oh, yeah, Zinus. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. Artis is actually the better ones that the team like because they just clip on the sides, whereas the Zionist ones, you actually have to take get the all the way, all the way off. off. It's just yeah. a bit like, it takes a, a whole longer. extra minute. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but they um, sold out for a while they there. They did, but they're back in they're stock. They're back now, yeah. Okay, so, and you, again, you get them on Amazon. Yep. Um, what's the delivery on those? Just Amazon. De delivery's good, free. Aren't they? Oh, yeah, free, but time, also Three to five wise. days. Yeah, yeah so pretty quick. quick, really. Oh, I think Perth might be different, but. Okay, yeah. For us, oh, it's only three to five days. Yeah. In a spirit. Because they're based in Brisbane. They're in Oxley, both of those suppliers. Yeah, so that's. In our favour. Yeah, that is in our favour. Yeah. In a spirit, property styling, uh, stylist training mon module, they've, we've had this question in the past, we're going to probably do an episode on this, but how did you create this and is it beneficial? It is incredibly beneficial. So um, everything that I used to do in the business before I had staff come through was a bit vague, but wish-washy, something Jake would say to me, not that we ever look to sell the business, but we need to have processes and everything in place for it to be valuable and the, can't, the knowledge can't all be in my head and I can't be holding people up just because it's in my head. So uh, we got it uh, into a uh, training guide and that has provided the structure for the girls. So now that when they come, well, that's very sexist for the stylists. For who when they who come, are all girls. Who are all girls. <laughs> for when they come on board, they know exactly what the first six months of working at Foxy is going to look like, how they're going to get to the same level of other stylists who have been working here for a long time. It's allowed us to have a um, structure as far as a pay structure is concerned because there is no pay structure in our industry. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think it's just that structure. It just gives them the progress too. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can look through the different modules within it, and you know what the next phase is, um, kind of ramping up in terms of difficulty. And and I, in that module, I've gone into the depths of trying to make sure that they understand the importance of the target audience, what suburbs we're looking at, where I would do a media space versus a formal living space, why it's important to um, use all the rules that I've got. So you've heard them all before, not having the sofa, the back of the sofa from the front door, not having the 
TV visible from the front door. Don't have a bed head across a window. Have a bed head across a window. See, listen, <laughs> don't walk ones. into the back of a chair. You want you want the X, not the cross. Yeah, the dining yeah. chair. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So all of those rules are all laid out in there. So they basically have the progression all the way through. Understanding the cost analysis behind everything, like why we won't send all high end things to a more of a budget level mm. job, all that sort of thing. It's all in there. And, so, and in terms of how that's creative, you put that together, Phoebe. Yeah, I wrote so the whole thing. You kind of went. Your and, name's and on and there it, too. My name's on there. I don't think I have much input, but you proofread. Um, <laughs> But the whole point of or how you wrote it, though, was just you kind of brain dumping in terms of how you or what it was basically writing down what you already did in mm -hmm. terms of your training. Like there's already a progression, and you know this is where you want styles to start and what they want, what you wanted to focus on, and here's the next set of things once they got through it. Yep. So you just wrote all that down. Yep. Mm. Now, in terms of we we share a lot at Foxy, but that's something that's sort of you're not willing to send to people, right? Yeah. So I've held on to that one more because it's related to us. Mm. So. Everybody has different things that they need to consider for their market yep. and for the way that their business, their model works. So um, the way that we have our guys going out doing the training is not going to be the same for every single styling company. Not every styling company has the girls doing absolutely everything. So for, for us, they do the full selections. They, they're, not, they're less involved with the furniture selections, but they do everything and then they go and install it and then they'll be involved in the pack up. They're not involved in the consult styling process. I've got a completely different training module for our consult stylist. But um, as far as the install stylist goes, the whole process is them. Mm. So others, though, it's, it's, it's just the structure's different across So it's a companies. lot of work. Um, yeah, that too. But the, if they really should be creating their own. Yeah. Yeah, should, yeah otherwise it's... Otherwise, it's not you, yeah. and you're not you're just you're just going to teach what I teach, yeah, which is different. Sure, which is why we're different. Uh, same question, uh, same person asking it from Inner Spirit. Wait, is, that, is that allowed? <laughs> Two questions. <laughs> Two questions. <laughs> you know, week one we'll allow it. I would love to know how you decide on writing off stock. Well, this well, there's some simple answers to that. If it's <laughs> damaged, damaged, if it gets to a point where it's just not something that you. You being Phoebe, you generally, you're doing your selections, you're not happy to use it anymore. Like yep. the, the guide is often, it's been sitting on the shelf for so long. Mm. You're like, it gets to a point where you go, you know what, I'm not going to use that anymore. <laughs> that can now yeah. go up to the staff's tea room. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> the chairs, the literally the, the chairs were sitting on. at the table in front of us is stuff that we, we just got to a point where you were just never going to use it again. Yeah. Um, in terms of, so the, that's the easy answer. The harder one is probably trends and so to be you honest, know, the, out of. We don't write it off. Really, when with that, what happens is those those um, the chairs that I bought when they were on trend and they were the feature highlight pieces that would go in the living room. They sort of now cycle down to be into the master bedroom, and then there'll be bed there'll be bedrooms and, and like the chairs in the double bedrooms, and then they become a piece that is more of a space filler that we don't necessarily charge for because otherwise it's just taking space up on the chair up on the shelf up here. So it's kind of cycled down, and that happens with all of our artwork, everything like that. Artwork, I would say, gets cycled out. The highest out of everything else like we tend to throw more artwork into the bin mm. than anything else artwork's really incredibly hard to sell so we just don't even bother we don't bother, bother anymore, with it yeah. mm. um it just literally goes in the bin yeah yep. and that's because they are not made to go in and out of houses as much as they do and the frames get wonky we're also a new enough business in a sense like five years <laughs> five is years. enough that maybe some trends would have come and gone but we're, we've been growing the whole time, so it's, we've, we've never really had a point where we've had too much in the warehouse. That, mm. Like, you see warehouse sales where people sell stuff so that they can get in some new stuff. Like, we've never gotten to the point where we have stuff available to sell. We're just using it at all times, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Life at the Tailors asks, when first starting out in the staging business, how big was your inventory? 
zero. <laughs> so we started yeah. off with um, hiring everything. Well, we were, Pretty quickly so we're decided, in the garage, right? Yeah, we're in the garage. So then we bought anything that could fit in the car. Yeah, so that was kind of the first, because hiring a lot of the accessories and artwork and linen was going to add up quite a bit in 20 cost. pieces, and it was like $150 per week to hire. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. So we decided very quickly we would just own anything that would fit in a car or yeah. be able to be transported in a car, and that just went in our garage on you know bunning shelves, basically. So accessories and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. so even smaller art, I think, for a Smaller, yes. Yeah, so the artwork um, and the accessories were the pieces that were kept in yeah. our garage, the greenery, the trees, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Stuff. But so when we actually started in the first handful of jobs, that's all we needed because we hired everything else mm. and we just grew from there. So we started, I don't, I don't even know exactly what the timing was. Eventually we started buying, like we realised that we were going to have to own our own inventory eventually. Yeah. So we started buying the smaller things that again could tra be transported in a car, so like bedside tables. But that meant that we had this transition phase where our logistics team were having to pick up a collection from our supplier and then come out to our storage shed as well as the um, supplier to collect both lots yep. and then go to the installation. Obviously, the same thing had to happen at the pack-up. So obviously, that did include a, in, increase our logistics for a little bit Cost, there. Cost, yeah. yeah. That was probably a good couple of years where we were doing a bit of both. Yep. But it allowed us to never say no to a job based on lack of furniture. Yep. So, yeah, the short answer is we had none and we just built it as we grew. Mm. Yeah. Perth Stage Cell here with another a second question, Jake. Is that okay? Oh, this is the last one, though. <laughs> what are your favourite suppliers? Um, now, they're obviously in WA, so... Yeah, I think to, we should do an way. episode on this, Cody, because okay. I've just done a huge, big purchasing... Spree. Spree, like crazy spree. Yep. Um, and we've got so much new stock, and I have found new suppliers, suppliers okay. that I haven't mentioned on any of our podcasts. Or, oh, my uh, goodness. This is an well, exclusive. Gotta, I know, You've got to right? give them something. Uh, well, my favourite new one, and I'm literally going to press go on an order today when you give me the okay, Darcy <laughs> and Duke. Um, they have some really quality contemporary pieces that are different to anything I've seen. I love the fabrics that they've got. So um, they're my favourite at the should moment. should put, put an asterisk on that because we've never ordered from them. So wait and see the quality. Yeah, yeah. But oh, no, the quality, the quality will be there. Let me wait on the service. Because yeah. mm. I, I, if, if, so for example, here's a really good one, MRD. They've just announced, well, no, just now, about a month ago announced that they're closing down. So I can say what I'm about to say. Uh, they were shocking. They, I do their order at the start of my, my spending spree every year and every single time it'd take four months to get to me. And they'd have excuses as to why it was going to take four months. In the end, I just refused to order from them because I'm not waiting four to five months for a product that then would arrive and be broken. Um, so, yeah, they're just shocking. So I hold... We'll ra ra rattle a couple of good ones off for them. All right, so always the same ones that I'll use, a canvas and sass on, um, Madras Link, um, I, I do tend to use a lot of the ones just off Temple and Webster so I can get them delivered really, really quickly. The Rug Collection and Unitex are no-brainers for me. Oz Design, when they've got the 25% off. Um, as a standard, we get that off anyway. Um, then uh, you've, uh, yeah, Robert Mark, which we use because they're very like, just around the corner from us as well. Um, then you've got all your bedding supplies, so Edie Lifestyle and Paloma Living. Literally get my bedding to me within 24 hours from Newcastle. It's awesome. Um, then Banditi Design, also based on the Gold Coast. Adairs haven't been so great with their service of late. Actually, have been shocking. Um, Pillow Talk. And Target. Target for my inserts. So that they yeah. would be my go. standard go-to. Um, I've just done another Calibre furniture in, um, order, but I need to, their, their shipping's ridiculous. Like I'm paying $3,000 for shipping to get a couple of sofas up yeah. to us. Oh, UD, actually I should mention UD um, Furniture, they do all of, most of our sofas. So, and One World have come to the party this year. I'm really liking their stuff as well. Yeah. There you go, that's there a lot. Go. That was on one or two. 
Um, all right, the last question here from Lux Property Styling in Cairns. How do all your lead stylists organise what they need for the install in the warehouse? Do they put stickers on each item or pull it out? I'm just wondering about items which are available and unavailable each day. Sounds like a furniture question more than Well, I guess you break it down into both. Could be both, yeah. Yeah, so furniture, Jake has his inventory list, so we always know what's available at any point in time. We've done an episode on, on, yeah. on, on so, YouTube. Yeah, you can link it back to that. And, but also you do the... And so, so I do the selections yeah. of the furniture myself so that I know that we don't have the double ups. Um, if the girls have any sort of styles that they want to go down the path, we do the, the selections in tandem, like the ones yesterday. We did. The, I knew exactly the briefs the girls wanted and that's what I made happen for them. Um, so we don't stick the stock. The boys need to get to know the names of all the stock we own. And we own a lot of stock, so they need to know the names of a lot of different pieces of furniture. Yep. Um, and then we have loading bays for the girls to put everything else into. So there's the uh, stuff that needs to go on the truck has uh, their own loading bays. So that's the artwork and the linen and um, lamps, all that sort of thing. And then the girls for all their the accessory side of fluff things have different loading bays, all correlated to be like and all labelled and all. And that stuff so they just very select clear. it and get it yeah. off the shelf then and there and they bucket it yeah. themselves. And Nobody else can take it. It can't so if it's on, Basically, if it's on a shelf in terms of accessories, it's available. Yes. Yep. Free, free, to, free to raid. We do also use Trello for a bit of a lookup tool yep. or furniture too. So they can for search names some and Oh, features. yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's on the list and they're not sure what it is. There is uh, a way to find that out as well. Yep. Uh, that, so that's all the, all the questions. Thanks for everyone they're who questions. submitted questions. Uh, you know what, I'll allow double up questions for week two as well. Mm, we'll, so have, we'll have a discussion. For anyone who would like a question answered, please just uh, let us know. Uh, for the final segment here, we have our under overrated. So number one, just tell me if you think this as a whole, this topic is under or overrated or uh, magic tricks. Underrated. <laughs> Over, overrated. I was going to pause because I'm like, I think she meant something else then. Okay. Yeah, no, overrated. Definitely overrated. Overrated. And we just went to a magic show and it was great. Yeah, then you go, math. <laughs> Jake always ruining the surprise. Jake, yeah, Un that's underrated. right. He goes, it's just simplified math. <laughs> Cruise control. Or... I forget about it, so it's overrated. I don't know. I'd say properly rated. I think it's great. Now that, that you've adjusted it out. <laughs> people already know it's great. So, yeah. <laughs> That's you know what? Like I love <laughs> the cruise control in our new car because you can put it on and you have to brake. It'll brake. Yeah, it's got the automatic. You. And then but you don't have to reset it every time. Yep. Yeah, Jake had to, had to play with I've it just, because yeah. it's braked too far away and he yeah, was unhappy. Yeah, it does leave gaps. You can change I've it. Found there's a oh. setting and now it's perfect. Now you can ride up there. Kmart. Overrated. Pain in the ass. Oh, you, we just yeah. got For a what? ping pong table from Kmart though. We did get a we ping did. pong table. Do you know what? I don't even know if this is a Kmart wide or just our local one, but now they've got all the, the checkouts in the middle of the store. Yeah. And there's literally every time I go, there's a huge lineup. When was the last time you went to Kmart? Yeah, they've had it's that been for a like while. For to get the years. ping pong table. The other years. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> to target you back to it. No, I don't mean they did it recently, but I'm just oh, saying, okay. like, I don't know mm. if it's our store or it's No, every it's every Kmart. store. Yeah, I actually find that really annoying. Anyway. Mm. Breakfast. Oh, mm. underrated. Love it. I like My favourite meal of the day. I like brekkie, but I don't eat it. Sometimes I overrated. Okay. Uh, podcasts. Underrated. Un underrated. Especially this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't even sound convinced about that one. <laughs> I just tune them out. I'm, I'm really bad, but I really hope you consume this content very yeah, well. That sounds like a you problem. That is a me problem. <laughs> so that's it for this podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening slash watching. Uh, now, next week, if it's okay with you guys, I'd like to hit the topic... Uh, the main topic that is at the start of the episode on preparing for spring. So spring's, yep. you know, coming up mm -hmm. and 
Uh, it's usually the busiest time of the year in this industry. So what are we doing? How are we preparing? So are you guys happy to tackle that one next Sounds week? Sounds good. Sounds great. Excellent. I'll bring Evie. Yeah. And as, as, I, as I mentioned, um, if you have questions, probably the best place to let us know is by Instagram message or I put a post up asking for questions each week on there. Uh, so leave them there. Uh, until next week, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Katie. Thank you.